0: We are uh, learning Sanhedrin Chapter 10, Mishnah 6, and we've come to the last Mishnah in Chapter 10, which means we only have six Mishnayot to go before our siyum next week, uh, which is exceedingly exciting. Um, however, the content of, uh, of this last bit of Sanhedrin continues to be uh, both violent and uh, uncomfortable. Um, in the last few Mishnayot, we have been learning about what's called the Ir Hanidachat, which is this city in which uh, the the majority of people have uh, been committing idolatry. And as a result, according to the Torah, um, this city uh, should not exist any further and uh, action should be taken. Um, and so what this Mishnah does, Mishnah 6, and I've put it in the chat if you wanted to take a look, is uh, I wanted to use this as an opportunity to talk a little bit about... Um, Midrash Halacha and Midrash Agada. So, the idea of Midrash is rabbinic interpretation, and there are two types. One is Midrash Agada, that's the stuff of story um, and interpretation. So, an example of that would be, since we're talking about idolatry, would be the story of Abraham and his father, where Abraham breaks the idols. Uh, that would be a story of Midrash Agada, a story. And here, in this Mishnah, we see Midrash Halacha, where we take verses and we interpret from them laws. Um, they're not the same, uh, they have different approaches, uh, Halacha and Agada, but here we see that. So for every verse that it mentions, it uh, makes a ruling in terms of Irani Dachat. So for example, it says at the beginning, For it is said, Shana amar, and you shall gather all of the spoil of it into the midst of the broad place thereof. So we have this verse from Deuteronomy. It tells us that we have to collect all of these things and put it in a in a broad place. If the iranidachet has no broad place, they make for it a broad place. Meaning to say, if they don't have a place to gather these things, they have, to, they have to make one. If the broad place was outside the city, they have to bring it inside. And you can see they've taken the verse, fairly literally, and they they're trying to make it real. I'm not going to go through the rest of it. Um, you can take a look at it if you'd like, um, but uh, it's, it's particularly, um, uh, I think, challenging since uh, the vast majority of us do not want to be on the implementation team of anything like this. But I did want to point out one thing at the, at the very end. Um, when we get to the end of uh, chapter of sections of Mishnah, of Masechtot, of, of, of tractates, um, we find a sort of more interpretive angle on it anyway. And so here it says at the end, for all the time that the ri- the wicked are in the world, fierce anger is in the world, and this is God's divine anger. Uh, if the wicked are destroyed from the world, fierce anger is removed from the world. Um, this is, uh, I think, points to I think one of my uh, uh, one of my favorite sort of concepts of this idea of righteous indignation of this righteous anger that God has. Um, I'm certainly not suggesting we should go and kill people like the Mishnah does. Uh, That would be awful. But um, uh, I do think that there is this powerful idea that when there is negativity and anger uh, and wickedness in the world, God doesn't like that. God wants us, wants a world in which there isn't wickedness. And uh, I think each of us have a role in our lives to sort of make the world a little less wicked, a little bit more kind um, and I think that that's, that's what this mission I can teach us for today. Have a good morning, everyone.